Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft has had a lot on his plate since taking office less than two years ago. Ashcroft is overseeing implementation of the state's new photo ID requirement, which voters approved in 2016. Among other things, his office is required to provide free photo IDs to people who don't have driver's license, passports, or other recognized government-issued IDs. The Republican staff also has been handling the flood of initiative petitions that were submitted to get various issues on statewide ballots this year. And this fall, Ashcroft is hosting a massive cybersecurity conference where his counterparts around the country will focus on how best to protect the nation's ballots. The secretary discusses his packed workload and more during our latest edition of Politically Speaking. So let's cue the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest political newsmakers. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. And I'm Joe Manis. Elections should be about your accomplishments. What have you done to qualify you for the position, and why are you qualified to run? I'm going to push back on these regulators. I'm doing this for the people. I was encouraged along the way, not just by my family, but by a lot of teachers and professors, and knew when I was in college that I would run for office someday. We're very excited about the prospect of having some more free market solutions. Even though after the conversation, I still might not agree. We want our listeners to get a real sense of what drives these people. They're actually people with a story to tell. Hi, this is once again Joe Manis. I'm filling in as the host while Jason is off with his new baby. So who knows whether or not I'll ever let him have the controls <laughs> back. You girl have created a monster, <laughs> <Yeah>. Jason. <laughs> so, okay, I'm here in the studio with... Rachel Lipman with St. Louis Public Radio. Yes, and our very special guest... Jay Ashcroft, and I think we found the great person to lead these. Joe, you're doing a great job. Yes, this is Missouri Secretary of State. He's very nice enough to stop by while he's in town. Uh, he's got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, and we have a whole bunch of stuff to ask him. So we're going to get right to it. Uh, just real quick for our listeners, just give him a real quick history of where you're from, uh, the fact that you uh, have been Secretary of State, you won in 2016, correct? Born and raised in Jefferson City, lived my entire life really in Missouri, uh, engineer for 10 years, worked in St. Louis as a professor, then went to law school, worked as an attorney there, tried not to talk about being an attorney too much, <laughs> uh, was uh, blessed by the people of the state to be elected Secretary of State in 2016, and I have the privilege to serve, and I, I just love every day of it. Okay, so there's been a lot of hot stuff going on, and uh and so I probably am going too quickly on this, but I want to make sure we get this in. Uh, among the things that you've presided over is the fact that Missouri voters did approve a constitutional amendment in 2016 to allow uh, the General Assembly to put in place some sort of photo ID. I want to make it clear we've always had some sort of voter ID, but this is to require a photo ID. And it has to be a government issued. There's only certain types. So if you can talk about how th I know you've been doing uh, a town halls around the state for what, over a year? Talking about this. You know, the, the thing that we want people to know most assuredly is if you're registered, you can vote. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. If you're registered to vote, go to your polling place on Election Day. You can vote. Your vote will count, and we need you to participate. Uh, the voter ID law was um, when you go to vote, you will be asked to show a government-issued photo ID, such as a driver's license from Missouri, non-driver's license, passport, military ID. However, if you do not have one of those, uh, the law was designed so that you can still 
still use one of the prior forms of identification you have shown, you will still be able to vote. Uh, you'll get a letter from our office offering to help you get a free government-issued photo ID, including the underlying documents. Um, the great thing about the law is people have more confidence that their vote counts, and we have a handful of people that were able to vote under this law that would have been turned away under the old law. If you're registered, you can vote. Now, how many people have, uh, since you sent the letters out, um, have said, yeah, I'd like help getting uh, an ID or I need to get a birth certificate, don't have one? I mean, how much have you had to do on that? We're probably, and I'm sorry, it's a little rough. I haven't checked for a couple months, but we're over 600. I don't think we've reached seven or 800 yet. Uh, one of the neat things that we're doing because we cleaned up our voter rolls is that we're now going to be sending out letters, I believe they go out in the next month, to every household in Missouri that we believe might have someone that's eligible to register to vote that isn't encouraging them to register to vote. The uh, Supreme Court recently, uh, U.S. Supreme Court recently gave the authority to Ohio's use it or lose it provision to clean up the voter rolls. Is that something that you are hoping to get as authority as Secretary of State, or do you think the way Missouri currently cleans up its voter rolls is effective enough to ensure that the, the rolls are in the shape that they can be? Well, it's uh, what happened in Ohio was a pretty common uh, way if people continually don't vote then that people say, oh, gee, maybe they've moved. So then they send out mailers to check with them to make sure they're still there. Um, you're required under Missouri law to canvas to make sure we keep our voter rolls uh, clean so it's faster when you go to vote. We'll look at that decision, but it was really a pretty common sense decision. No one's getting purged automatically. No one's getting taken off the voting rolls because they might not live there. Uh, in Missouri and in most other states, there is a burden of proof that you have to prove the individual doesn't through repeated attempts to verify them before you can take them off the rolls. And that's all done by the local election authorities because they know their community the best. Yeah, in fact, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, in Missouri, isn't it a case where the local election authorities actually have more power as far yes. as dealing with that than you do? We work with them on that, but they know their community. They know their voters. They know their constituents. And we feel it's better to have someone that's more knowledgeable to make sure before we er erroneously remove someone. However, there is statutory authority in Missouri for an election authority to allow someone to vote if they were registered and they were erroneously removed. So we want to make sure if you should be registered, if you were registered, you can vote. Has there been, um, I know we haven't had like a, a, a presidential or a, or have we had a presidential with the photo ID? No. No, we haven't. Okay. Has there been, um, maybe compared to, to previous like similar elections, a drop off in the number of people who vote because of a photo ID or? We haven't seen that. Um, I think it would be fair to say that we've just had, and I hate to say this, smaller elections. Right. I, we need to have more turnout in sure. all of our elections. They all matter. Um, but we will ramp up what we're doing on voter ID to make sure people know if they're registered, they can vote before the August election, where we have a statewide primary for U.S. Senate. We have statewide primary for state auditor. Um, there are generally more turnout. So we're going to upgrade our push to make sure people know. But people should know if they're registered, they can vote. Now, um, U.S. Senator Carmen Caskell, I covered the NAACP dinner last week, and in her speech, she was very critical of the photo ID efforts, But and she contended, without naming any names, that there was an effort to try to prevent people from voting. I wanted to play that because that is circulating around to get your response. There are people that are still trying to figure out ways to keep folks from voting. It's happening right here in Missouri. It's happening right now. We have a lawsuit 
that has been brought against the voter ID law. And by the way, we all know there has been no complaints of people fraudulently impersonating someone to vote in Missouri. None. But the voter ID law is designed to do something pretty insidious. It's designed to disenfranchise people who have the most difficulty navigating bureaucracies, who have the most difficulty sometimes proving where they were born because their families weren't allowed to have their baby in a hospital because of the color of their skin. Okay, so, and then she went on to give some other examples. So Mr. Secretary, is there anything you want to say about that? It's, it's really simple. If you're registered in the state, you can vote. Um, you know, Senator McCaskill's, I guess, in a tough election race. And uh, sometimes people say things that they later regret when they're in a tough election. Uh, this law has expanded access to the ballot. We are providing free IDs, including the underlying documents, to anyone that might want to have one. If you don't have the photo ID, you will still be allowed to vote as long as you're registered. Um, and frankly, it seems a little racist to say that certain minorities are unable to get an ID. Um, if people have trouble, we'll help them. But I, I don't like grouping people into groups like that. I think it's inappropriate. Now, what's the lawsuit that, that she's mentioning? Do you want to mention that? Um, there are a couple of lawsuits, so I don't know which one she's mentioning. Mm -hmm. um, there was one lawsuit um, that was the League of Women Voters, I believe. Uh, we won on the district court level. Uh, they're appealing it to the, uh, the, the Court of Appeals. The other lawsuit... Um, it's the funny thing is, in neither lawsuit do they really allege that we're stopping people or uh, hindering people from being able to vote, which is, is kind of interesting. I, I Look, I, I said on another radio show earlier, this is kind of a family radio show. I, I don't think I can aptly describe what's in their brief without saying things that are inappropriate sure. for small children. Sure. <laughs> on, on a purely kind of practical question in terms of like helping people get the documents, um, is there communication with other states where individuals may have been born and need to access a birth certificate there? How does it work when you have someone who didn't get a birth certificate? Maybe they were born in Alabama, Arkansas, et cetera. Yeah, we've worked with other states. We actually started reaching out to other states before the law went into effect because other states had done similar things. So we wanted to know who we could contact in those other states to get the data, what they would require, what the cost would be. Um, we haven't had a lot of people that have needed out-of-state documents, but if they do, the state will provide those for free. Yeah, because um, the state has to pay the cost if it comes up. Go ahead, Yeah, sir. for, for in-state or out-of-state. You know, the fallacy of this is that this is an impediment. If you're registered, you can vote. Not having a photo ID won't stop you from voting, and the state will provide one to you for free. I mean, if you don't have a photo ID, what are the things you cannot participate in society now? And we're going to give you a photo ID. We're going to bring you more into society. We need more people voting. We have elections where we have 10, 11, 12 percent turnout for, for school boards. We want people to vote. That's why we're sending mailers out to households that we think might have non-registered voters. Now, what, actually, that's a perfect segue, because one of the things I wanted to segue into was the August primary, which is, frankly, the first major uh, election, A, since you took office, B, since we had the, since the photo ID law will, will now be in place. Um, there's going to be at least one referendum. And I are that how many other of the. Uh, propositions or proposed uh, just in one. initiatives. So it's just going to be the uh, 
referendum on right to work. Right. right. It's the referendum on the right to work uh, law that was passed by the legislature in 2016. The people will vote. If the people vote yes that they want that, it will go into effect. If the people vote no, they don't want that, uh, they, it will not go into effect. Now, have you have, have you talked at all with local uh, election authorities on whether or not, I mean, any sort of estimates yet on what the turnout might be? Or is it too early? It's too early. Um, for most people that aren't in the political realm like we are, um, <laughs> they're worried about summer camps <laughs> and their job and taking kids to baseball practice. Yeah, normal stuff, <laughs> unlike some of us. So um, You mean this isn't normal? Yeah. I mean, because actually on the uh, right to work fight, actually, I mean, the labor leaders have actually had compliments for you, um, Mr. Secretary, because they do like the way you've been handling it. I mean, because there was a legal fight last year over the wording and some of the other stuff, and you actually were on the same side with them, um, even though you are a key supporter of Proposition A, correct? I mean, I, I will just I say be... that I haven't changed my position since when I was running. Um, since those are still kind of before my office, I, I'm trying not to take a position. I have to treat everyone fairly. Sure. I have to be an umpire. Um, but, you know, ask me after five o'clock and I'll tell you where I stand. And it's probably not in line with the unions. How's that? Yeah. But the point is, in fact, that's that's one of the reasons they've complimented you, because they know you're on the opposite side on the issue, but they thought you've handled handled it well. Has that kind of affected how various groups deal with you? Because there's going to be a number of pretty controversial ones coming up in November. I'm just curious with all these referendums. You know how politics is. Um, Your enemies will will never trust you and your friends will never trust you if you treat the other side fairly. (laughs) Um, But that's my job. And that's that's one of the things that I campaigned on. And um, I'm not supposed to, in my official capacity, tell people how to vote. I want to make sure you know where your polling place is and when the elections are and you're registered and what's on the ballot. But that's your decision. And, um, you know, that's what I'm going to do because I'm supposed to serve all the people of the state of Missouri. Now, you did get some national flack about a week ago when you appeared before Roy Blunt's panel, correct? Right. Uh, in D.C. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because I did want to give you a chance to explain yourself. Well, what I was talking about was they're, they're talking about election security. And what I wanted to make the point was that if you look at the evidence of what's actually transpired, there is, I'll use astronomical, I think previously used, I don't know, logarithmic or something, but there's astronomically more evidence of votes being changed by vote fraud than there is by cyber attacks. Now, I wasn't trying to say that that means you ignore cyber attacks. What I was trying to say is I think if we truly want to be honest about our elections, we need to make sure that every registered individual can vote and it's easy to register. We need to make sure that it's hard for people to commit vote fraud. We need to make sure it's hard for people to do cyber fraud. We need to make sure that we uh, have good security seals physically on our ballots and our envelopes of ballots. We need to look at the whole pictures. That's what I was talking about, and they kind of got – sidetracked, I guess, because they were so unhappy that someone had admitted that vote fraud occurs. We had two elections overturned in 2016. How um, is Missouri's election infrastructure? Um, I know that a lot of the machines that were purchased to uh, to uh, meet Help America Vote Act, improve access to the voting booth for, dis- for individuals with disabilities, are now getting older, need to be upgraded. Um, how confident should individuals voting in Missouri be that the election systems are secure here? Um, I would be very confident as someone that that works with the local election officials, with the boards of elections. We have had a lot of our jurisdictions that have upgraded their elections. 
equipment since the HAVA funds first came yeah. out. St. Louis County is looking at some major upgrades to their election equipment. Uh, people will notice jurisdictions moving from just the touch screens to touch screens that automatically print out the ballot so you have a paper copy to look at. Yeah, in fact, that's what I wanted to mention because when I was first covering this stuff like 13, 14 years ago, all these different jurisdictions had all these different uh, – there was like dueling companies. There was four or five companies at the time. We still have four or five. Yeah, <laughs> and some went with a touch screen. Some do the optical scan. I have to say – I'm one of those people that wants to do it on paper and put it through the optical scan. It's fun I'm to not, feed it in and hear it bang. I mean, it's I fun know, to do that. I know, sometimes they have to argue with the old guys trying to put it in wrong <laughs> at my little polling place. But my point is, is that there are different ways and that even in, even in St. Louis County, you usually have a choice between the optical scan or the touch screen. Same thing with the city. So my point is, like you said, they were upgrading. So... Are they upgrading, you mentioned, that having a paper printout. So where will that paper printout go? Is there concern that, I mean, because in some cases there had been allegations going back several years that people were being paid for their vote, but they had to show how they voted. So how would this printout work to make sure they don't do stuff like that? What what we're seeing with really the newest equipment, generally speaking, is you have the touch screen, and right next to your touch screen is a little printer. So you select who who you want to vote for, hit print, it prints out the ballot. You pick that up. You can look at that to see if that's who you wanted, and then you run it through the Scantron. So okay. it gives people a little bit more security to know that, oh, I was able to check what that piece of paper said. What's the expense like um, on upgrading this? Obviously, oh. St. Louis County is a jurisdiction that might be able to do it. I'm thinking but about it's the largest. It's one the in largest. The state. It is the largest one in the state, but it's also one of the richer jurisdictions. What about you know the smaller rural jurisdictions that are yes smaller, but then also don't have the resources? It it, it very varies from a Worth County with roughly 2,000 registered voters to St. Louis County being the largest. Um, you're looking at several hundred thousand dollars in St. Louis County. Um, under the first HAVA, I think the state may have spent 30 or $40 million yes. just on the voter, um, the accessible machines for individuals that might, for one reason or another, not be able to use the normal paper ballots. It's very expensive. Our office does give grants. We just got received $7.2 million uh, from the federal government in funding. So we are working with local election authorities for that. I'm also really happy the legislature passed my election bill and the governor is going to sign it. We don't know when. And part of that bill is it calls for the state to pay its proportionate share of all elections. So anytime a state, like a state rep, a state senator, statewide office or statewide initiative is on there, the state would pay a prorated costs or portion of that election. And I just like the idea of if a form of or level of government requires something, that level of government pays for it. Now, how much more would that cost the state, though? Well, that's still to be determined. A couple of reasons. One, um, we don't really know what a statewide election costs in the state of Missouri, which seems like something Secretary of State ought to be able to tell you, doesn't now that's it? That's fascinating. Um, what I can tell you is that in the presidential preference primary, which is a statewide, completely paid for by the state in 2016, the state paid about $7.5 million in reimbursements to local election authorities. However, at the time, the Secretary of State's office did not require receipts. Um, we've gone back and looked at the statutory authority for spending, um, and we believe that a, over at least a million dollars of that $7.5 million was spent contrary to what law allowed. 
on oh. those reimbursements. Um, and we are now requiring receipts from all of our elections where we reimburse. So we're starting to get better data. I have a task force of election authorities that have convened to work with me to figure out exactly how much it should cost and exactly what costs the state should reimburse. And that was part of that legislation that we got passed because we need to be accountable to the people. It's their money. It's the taxpayers' dollars. And it was not being done well before. Now, what's? can you give me an example of an expense without fingering anybody, but just saying, well, look, this is something we're not going to cover anymore. We found out we were covering Gift this. cards for prizes for people that worked as, as poll workers, donuts, a porta potty, even though the polling location had a bathroom, things like that. Okay. So in other words, if they want to have a porta potty, the local jurisdiction or should. Or they can use the facilities at the school or okay. at the church. Well, I mean, I, I'm just thinking maybe there's some place that doesn't. I mean... <laughs> Where I go, where are, are you plenty. voting? Where there aren't bathrooms, Joe? I know, I know. Well, no, in Webster Groves, I'm at the rec center, and there's there's plenty of bathrooms, so that's not a problem. But I'm just thinking in some right. of the rural areas. I mean, you know. well, and there there may be areas where a certain cost is is reasonable for them, but it's not reasonable in another jurisdiction. That's right, and that's why we need to have receipts, and we need to have the conversation with the local election authorities to understand exactly what the costs are and why they're incurred. And that's just, I think, reasonable to the people of the state. Now, at this point, I know I think you you guys are still counting on some of the initiatives. Correct. Yeah, we're still verifying signatures. Um, there could be, off the top of my head, uh, there's a constitutional amendment called Clean Missouri. Yes. Uh, that hasn't been fully verified yet. Uh, there are uh, three, I think, on marijuana, two constitutional and one statutory. There was a fourth that was turned in, but it it only had a couple, several thousand signatures, so it fell short. And then I believe there's also a minimum wage statutory. Uh, change, and we haven't verified the signatures on that yet. All those, if they have the signatures, presumably would uh, come up on the November election. Now, now, just one quick thing on the marijuana. If you've got two or three, how are you going to determine... steal my question. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. You're fine. No, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I get whipped up about elections. <laughs> I, guess, I, I mean, it sounds like we were, we were both going the same way, that go, if you get ahead. two or three petitions on the same ballot and they've all met the signature requirements, whose job is it to sort out if they contradict with each other, all pass, et cetera? Is that something that has to happen after the vote? Or and is that something that needs it to change? It would have to be done after the vote. Um, the, 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 the state laws and the Constitution do give some guidance but I think that, as, as we've seen here, it will go to the courts eventually. Um, and I don't think that's an area that the Secretary of State's office should be involved. I don't think if we're helping to run the election and letting people know what the rules are, we should not be adjudicating. That's for the judiciary to do, not for the executive. Yeah, because I was wondering if there was clear-cut rules as far as, well, if this amendment gets more votes than that amendment, then this one supersedes the other. It will not be clear like enough that? to stop it from going to court. Okay. There are rules, okay. and people will disagree about how clear they are. Okay. It's kind of amazing. I'm not, I just don't want to take sides on particular <laughs> what, ones. So, so what are some of the rules out there? And you said that they're not going to go to court, so they're not very, cl well, they're not it, very clear. Well, it, it deals it. with which one gets the most votes. But then you, you have rules for, you know, like if there are two constitutional amendments, which one does? But what if there's a constitutional amendment? I think there's um, potential disagreement about what if a constitutional amendment passes, but it has fewer votes than a statutory one. Well, constitution is normally Trump's statutory, but it didn't have – so I, I, I think that will go to the court. Uh, and I don't want to prejudge that or, or act inappropriately in my capacity. It's just something that's never been litigated yet. So how, I guess, so our listeners would know, since you're st 
Are you guys going to be announcing at some point? I mean, I, I would think pretty soon saying, okay, here's the uh, ones that are going to be on the ballot w without saying good or bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be required by the Constitution to put them in newspapers and advertise the actual wording of every uh uh, a statewide issue that goes to the ballot that'll be for most of them that'll be done in in the november time frame or october to get to get ready for the november election um right to work i believe has already been sent out so it will be appearing uh in newspapers because it'll be in the august election because doesn't absentee balloting for the august election start absentee balloting started. has started yeah. right well, you can that's still register though if you're not registered it's not too late to register Yeah, because isn't ballot. it july 11th uh, i believe so okay and um Absentee balloting so far, have you noticed uh, as far, I mean, without getting in the numbers, but just if you're hearing it, there's a lot of interest or not? Or I whatever. haven't been following that. We're working on a major uh, national cybersecurity summit we're going to have in St. Louis. So that's kind of been something I've been focused on. Yeah. In fact, can you talk about that We're briefly? looking at having 20 to 30 states, secretaries of state, local election authorities, uh, probably the, the secretary of Homeland Security. We have some congress co congressional individuals that have t talked about coming down to talk about pending legislation. Uh, we have vendors that are willing to come down and talk about and, and best practices on security side. Worldwide Technology is hosting that for us. It's, it's a great help for us. We think it's a great way to show that the states are working to make sure that their elections are secure and to help bring everyone together to talk about what's happening here, what's happening there. And if someone else has a good idea, I'm going to steal it and use it in Missouri. And I know that we don't have a whole lot of time left on, on the podcast, so I did want to ask you, you were mentioning earlier off the air that you're in St. Louis for a dedication of sorts. What brings you back to St. Louis yeah, now? Part of what I get to do is I'm part of the, the geographic naming board for Missouri that then sends uh, things to the federal government. And there's there's a creek out in the O'Fallon area uh, that we're going to rename after Archer Alexander, who, um, if you studied really well in history, you would know he was a slave uh, that during the Civil War warned Union troops about an impending ambush and where there were some, some, some weapons that were being stored and hidden by Confederate sympathizers. So, I mean, not only did he do something that would be very dangerous for anybody, but he did it as a slave. And was I this mean, here courage, in Missouri? Or? That was yeah. here in Missouri. Okay. Um, and, yeah, Missouri um, had a very lively history yes, with people it did. on both Depending sides. Depending on who you ask, we have the second or third most battles in the Civil War here in Missouri. Um, and the great news was um, he fled the fled where he was. Um, that's not the great news because he was afraid <laughs> for his life. But then he fled to St. Louis and they gave him his freedom. For what he had done. Now, it, they should have given him his freedom at birth, obviously, but it was great that there was a good ending to the story like that. Yeah. I mean, it must be one of the more enjoyable things you get to do. It's I mean, fun. As I just, to... it's, it's, it's way too late. I wish we would have done it a long time ago. It's, it's unfortunate. I also didn't know we had a geographic naming board in the state of Missouri. <laughs> now, a couple other things that you do. I just want to get through real, real quick because uh, you oversee, isn't the library? Yes. And then also uh, the securities division. Yes. I mean, people don't realize Secretary of State is not just about elections. Uh, we touch everybody in the state, but we don't put people in jail or raise taxes, and that's the way I love it. <laughs> so are there any things that people need to know about some of these other uh, jobs as far as anything new coming out of those? You know, um, we're working on, on one of the things that we're doing is we've been working with uh, a group out of uh, Virginia and North Carolina, the Hunt Institute, that helps legislators uh, formulate education policy, not really to tell them what policy to do, but give them information about what's happening around the country. Had a great meeting with uh, the chair of the Senate Education Committee, uh, the chair of the House Education Committee, and Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe, and uh, individuals from the Hunt Institute. We're hoping to put on a legislative retreat around education uh, with any luck at Lincoln University uh, this fall. Oh, wow. 
Wow, that's great. And um, I really appreciate, because I know I'm, I want to be polite about this because you've got so many things on your plate this afternoon. Is there any parting message that you have for our listeners? If you're not registered, shame on you, get registered. Go out and vote. Make your voice heard. And, and where should they go? If you have any questions, go to sos.mo.gov. That's the Secretary of State website. You can also go to showit2vote.com. We'll take you there for all the information you need. We are happy to help you. We need more people involved in elections. And for those who may not be digitally savvy, local election authorities. You can call here in, in uh, St. Louis County, call the St. Louis Board of Elections and the city, the Board of Elections. Yeah. And in some counties, you, you call the county clerks. clerks. Yeah, the county, county clerk. So, well, well, thank you. This has been so great. And um, I hope our listeners take some of this stuff to heart and pay attention. And if you don't like something, get out there and vote. If you do like something, get out there and vote. So uh, uh, to follow and see all of our Politically Speaking episodes, you can go to stlpublicradio.org. Joe's on Twitter at? Jay Manis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. I'm on Twitter at R. Lipman. That's two P's and two N's. Mr. Secretary, how can we follow you and follow the office? Um, on Twitter at Missouri SOS. Um, that's the best way to do it. Thank you. And until next time, so long.